podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome to the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast, home of the most correct 49ers take. I'm your host, Timmy Gibson, here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. How's it going today, Daniel? Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am well. I'm excited. Just whenever you and I get together and talk about the Niners, I am jazzed. I am ready to talk about them for hours on end, but I'm more importantly ready to see them. I want to see training camp. I want to see guys moving. I want to see stuff that gets me even more excited. And then I want football. Agreed. It's coming. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. And we have a great episode for you today, listeners. We're going to talk about all of the recent coaching changes to the 49ers coaching staff and what that might mean going into the season. We're going to talk a little 49ers news, wrap it up by finishing out the final five games to close out the 49ers 17 game regular season schedule with our official predictions. So we are so excited to have everyone on board for that. Daniel, you want to hop into the news? There hasn't been too much 49ers buzz. The biggest thing I've seen has been George Kittle at tight end university, taking the internet by storm. Did you see any of those videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, man, that was actually really fun. The videos you're talking about, it was fun to watch the videos. Um, and one just, just seeing, so I think tight end university is run by George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. And I don't know if it's a trio with Greg Olson or if he just kind of steps in with them. I think it is Greg Olson. I think Greg Olson, those are the three guys, but those are the three guys. And so I know Kelsey and, and Kittle are the ones active because, uh, Olson just retired and, it was just so fun to watch these three grown men, but with such youth personalities and fun and excitement, be so excited, but it's not just like a joke thing to them. Like they're really trying to get more respect on the name of tight ends and the amount of work that they do in the NFL and who better to lead that than two of the best in history, at least by the end of their career with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. I mean, I would say three, if you add in Greg Olson, just a different, a different timeline to his career, but another elite tight end during his time. He was fantastic. Um, Awesome seeing George Kittle coaching up guys, Travis Kelsey coaching up guys. I saw multiple clips of them working on footwork, working on planting and cutting and route running. And it was really cool to see the ways that, I mean, George Kittle was, was giving tips to TJ Hawkinson. And if you don't know TJ Hawkinson, he is going to be, I think, in his third year this year for the Detroit Lions, first round tight end drafted in 2018. I want to say he was the seventh overall pick by the Lions. Yeah, high pick. This guy's going to be good. This guy, I mean, he is, in my opinion, the top breakout tight end this year. And so he puts him at potentially anywhere from the number four to number seven tight end in the league. Hawkinson, write it down for your fantasy football drafts, people. For real, I already have. And uh, seeing Kittle coach up a guy who is an upcoming star potentially, I mean, that to me is just true humility. If I'm George Kittle and I am one of the best in the league, Sure, I think what what we see here is that he cares more about the game and helping others grow because he's a great dude. George Kittle just has a better heart than me, apparently, and I love that. 
but he's coaching up the competition of a guy who not not like very well could easily take his spot but is gunning to be one of the top top tight ends in the league and so i just think it is so cool and so humble to see george kittle coaching up the competition coaching up other guys and he doesn't care about the competition in that way i totally agree I, co- I hope he kept a couple secrets to himself. Like, right. I hope his best moves and his best abilities, like, I hope we didn't show them. Maybe that's just a, you can't teach it, but how to run through, like, five guys at once, you know? Sure. We're just and being I'm, selfish over here, man. Oh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. George Kittle's being so selfless. I admire it. But I'm being selfish, and I'm hoping that he takes more from Travis Kelsey than he gives Travis Kelsey. Yeah, for real. Yeah. George yeah, Kittle. Gotta love the guy. Super cool to see all the tight ends at tight end university. Sorry, Tim Tebow. My apologies that you didn't get an invite. Not everyone was there. Just other uh, rookies were there though. I know it's kind of a bummer for him. But, Kyle Pitts was there. Yeah. Um, but no, no Tim Tebow, fellow rookie tight end to Kyle Pitts. I'm I'm fully on the board this train of calling Tim Tebow a rookie tight end and seeing if it catches on. I mean, technically, well, he is a he is a rookie yeah, tight end. He's never he's played a tight, tight end. end. So. George, uh, Tim Tebow for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, my gosh. I, I wonder if he would actually get the – I don't think he would actually get the title of – fans vote? If fans vote, he would win. Yes. All right. The only – Daniel, the only other the only other big piece of news that I have coming into this episode is we're getting some Trey Lance hype train. Fairly predictable at this point in the offseason, but Matt Mayako, 49ers beat reporter – is on tape saying that Trey Lance has improved more than any other player he's ever seen through OTAs. Mike Garofalo of NFL Network is saying that Trey Lance will take over starting at some point in the season. Do you do you buy any of that? Does that hold any weight to you hearing that buzz right around now going into training, getting ready for training camp? First off, I just want to tell our listeners that Timmy will handle all of the Trey Lance news, and that does it is not because I do like Trey Lance. I don't want you to hear any of that, but I just know that Timmy has a special love for Trey Lance, especially since he just drafted him in our fantasy dynasty league that we're in together. I did. So I want to let just, I want Timmy to have a field day with the Trey Lance news, but I remember, I don't remember what episode I shared kind of my projection of Trey Lance that I do not think he will come in as a starter I don't remember exactly what I said. I'm wondering if I said at all this year, unless due to injury, or I think I gave a like two and four or two and six record. No, not, yeah. not two and six. That's way too long. I think two if they're anywhere under 500, Jimmy G's out and Trey Lance is coming in. Um, and that might even, in my opinion, that might even be a little bullish to say it's going to be that early. I just don't think, we're going to see all of this offseason talk about Jimmy's our guy, but Trey Lance is developing, all this stuff, and then have it be a quick turnaround. I think um, co-first-round draft pick quarterback Justin Fields to the Chicago Bears, sure, they've said Andy Dalton is our guy, and they've still said that even after Justin Fields was drafted, but they have not been as adamant as the Niners have been about Jimmy G's going to start as, uh, as opposed to Andy Dalton's going to start. So I think we'll see a change there first. Yeah. Granted, Andy Dalton, not the greatest. The Bears is going to struggle. Fields will have a much better situation. But back to the Niners, I think that it will be kind of similar to what my statement was last time to where it's, it's, there's going to be some room 
until unless due to injury. Yeah, I mean, this this news, these two quotes do not change my my thoughts or prediction at all. Yeah. It's it's June. There's not much going on. Talking about rookie quarterbacks and veteran quarterbacks is like that's how you make your money in this industry. Like, absolutely nothing against Matt May. Mayako knows his stuff. He's one of the best 49ers beat reporters out there, if not the best. But at the end of the day, he's got to get clicks. And ultimately, that this is the kind of thing that gets clicks. So there's not much substance in it. I love to hear Trey Lance is improving. I'm with you. I think I think in, this, in the 49ers schedule, you and I are predicting, I don't think he starts a game less injury because we have the 49ers with like two losses through week like 12. But yeah. – Keep an eye on week six. The 49ers have a week six bye this season. That's where I would expect them to make the move, get Trey Lance, because it's going to be a different kind of offense with Trey Lance in at QB. It's going to take a little a little change, but I'm with you. I think, I think he probably does take over at some point this season unless Jimmy is just playing lights out. But I, yeah, hearing these quotes from these two guys does not change my opinion at all. Agreed. All right, that brings us in to the meat of this episode we're going to talk about 49ers coaching changes we're going to give a brief we're just going to talk about the 49ers coaching staff what it means for the team daniel where do you want to start offense defense what are you thinking let's just start by just announcing the change changes just in case someone doesn't know so our good friend kyle shanahan still head coach thank thank the lord thank Um, the lord for real special teams coordinator is richard hightower Offensive coordinator, and we're going to talk about why that's important, is Mike McDaniel, and defensive coordinator is Demeco Ryans. So we're just going to start with the the top top guys. But why I say that offensive coordinator is important is because we have not had one in years past. It's just during Kyle Shanahan's tenure as co- head coach, coach correct? Yeah, yeah Kyle Shanahan has not had an offensive coordinator under him until this season. So what what was the breakdown, Timmy? Yeah, so Kyle Shanahan was, and he he still is the 49ers play caller. He will not be calling plays, which is pretty common in this new like class of head coaches. I would say like the Sean McFays, the Kyle Shanahan's, Matt Lafleur. Um, I would say Arthur Smith probably fits that. Zach Taylor, the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Most of those guys are calling their own plays on offense, but Kyle Shanahan is unique in that he did not have someone with the offensive coordinator title. Instead, he had Mike LaFleur, brother of Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, and then another guy named Mike McDaniels, who we'll get into later because he's now the 49ers offensive coordinator. But Matt Lafle- or Mike LaFleur was the 49ers passing game coordinator. Mike LaFleur was the 49ers running game coordinator. Now Mike LaFleur is gone to be the offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. And so Mike McDaniels has been promoted to offensive coordinator. I interpret that to mean Mike McDaniels is just kind of going to be doing the roles that he and Mike LaFleur did together with Cal Shanahan still maintaining play calling, which he has been adamant he will continue to do. Yeah. yeah. That's a brief overview of just the offensive coordinator. We'll, we'll talk about McDaniels. I don't know if you want to talk about him now, talk about him later. Well, I am adamant on Kyle Shanahan continuing to be the play caller. Yeah. I think it's, it's a new kind of thing to see. Not, not super new. I think it's getting more common is what it is to see the head coach be the play caller. And I love Kyle doing it, but also having someone help kind of in the way that the, the pairing that he had, both Mike's doing it, I think was great. And I think you're right that it'll be a pretty similar role. It's just Mike McDaniel will be doing both of them. Um, so, but what I'm excited about is 
we still have the offensive minded Kyle Shanahan, big run game mind. And in a man, I could talk about his run game philosophy all day, but just the way that he has runs designed up is my favorite. So I'm excited to see that. I think Mike McDaniel will really continue to carry that out. I think unless I wouldn't be surprised if Mike McDaniel and Kyle maybe had a different mindset about run game, just because it's, it's such an opinionated thing. Um, but Kyle Shanahan head coach, I just can only assume that Mike McDaniel will be carrying out his run game plan. So I think that the Niners will be even maybe more a run game focused team as we have Kyle's offensive mind. And then Mike McDaniel, who's been the run game coordinator for the last three, four years. Yeah stepping into his fifth year role as an offensive coordinator. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Mike McDaniel. Cause I think if we talk about Mike McDaniel's background, I think I can use that to actually push back against what you're saying. I'm not sure Mike McDaniel is necessarily a run first guy. So Mike McDaniel has actually played wide receiver at Yale, graduated from Yale, went on to be an intern with the Denver Broncos back in the Mike Shanahan Denver Broncos. I think it was 2005. The next season, Gary Kubiak goes from the Denver Broncos coaching staff to go be the Houston Texans head coach. He brings along a little known son of his former boss, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is going to be the wide receivers coach in Houston. And he also brings along Mike McDaniel, who becomes Kyle, whose job was essentially to assist Kyle Shanahan as the wide receivers coach. They've been together ever since. If you follow Mike McDaniel's, like go down his Wikipedia on his coaching cha- staff, he's been whatever Kyle Shanahan has been doing, he's been doing. He went to Washington, he went to Cleveland, he went to Atlanta, then he came to the 49ers. But what I'm really talking about is if you look that over, he's been other positions. Let me let me pull it up because he's been wide receiver coaches is really what I'm trying to say. He was a wide receiver coach at two of the stops along the way and he played wide receiver in college so i'm not like yes he's been the run game coordinator with the 49ers and i agree that the 49ers are a run first team with probably the best rushing attack in the nfl and we're healthy i'm not pushing back against that but mcdaniel's background although he's been doing the run game recently i think equips him to run the passing game just as well one quick note you were saying that when Gary Kubiak went to Denver and Kyle was there, or yeah. he like took Kyle along. Yeah. Um, Gary Kubiak's son is the defensive quality control coach for the Niners. Yeah. Uh, Clay Kubiak. Clay Kubiak. But I think it's funny that this father-son pairing thing is kind of following it along yeah. the ages. But totally. Yeah, I, I think it'd be really awesome. I think it will be really awesome. The pairing of Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel. I love the history between them. Yeah. I would love if if Mike McDaniel was more of a, a passing specialist because not that Kyle's not, but I just think, you know, it's such a run run heavy offense. So I, I love getting some of the passing in there. And that's just mainly because I have Debo Samuel on a fantasy team. Can you blame me? <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm just excited for it seems like they've been together. I mean, they have been together for years. Seems like they're buddies. Um, I am just excited for kind of a, a, a new face as well because i was heartbroken when robert sala was gone yeah i totally understand it and don't blame him for it but i'm gonna be so sad not seeing him there on the sideline um so i love what might be the friendship between kyle and mike yeah although mike probably won't be on the sideline offensive coordinators tend to, yeah, to yeah, stay yeah. at the booth you're right but speaking of the defense the other guy demeco ryan's 
our defensive coordinator. He will be entering his fifth season with the 49ers. He spent the last four years as the inside linebackers coach from 2018 to 20. Sorry, last three years is that. And the, the first year was the defensive quality control coach. So now what Clay Kubiak is doing. Yeah. Um, this is Demeco Ryan's rap sheet because he is a former player. In 2006, he was drafted by the Houston Texans and he played there until 2011. And then he went and played for the Philadelphia Eagles from 2012 to 2015. Yeah. In 2007... Demeco Ryans was a first-team All-Pro. In 2006, he was Rookie of the Year. He went to two Pro Bowls, 2007 and 9, unanimous All-American in 2005 before coming to the NFL. Yeah. And SEC- where, where did he play in college, Daniel? I think that's that's semi-important as well. University of Alabama. Thank you. That question. Not necessarily the powerhouse they are now in 2005, but sure. one of the best defensive programs in college football. Absolutely. So what's really cool about having Demeco Ryan's is he's been in the organization. This will be his fifth year. He's only like, coached with the 49ers, right? Only coached with the 49ers. Homegrown. He is a former player, and that's fun to see in any coach because that gives them an extra edge of experience, and they know firsthand what the players are feeling, thinking, going through everything. He knows gameplay not from just a watching standpoint. <laughs> but from an experiencing, like, who am I going to go hit and yada, yada, yada. So it's really neat is that Demeco Ryans was also a baller. He was super yeah. good, had multiple hundred tackle seasons um, for both the Texans and the, and the Eagles. And I remember watching him. He was super fun to watch. He hard hitter, great coverage. And so I'm excited to see the role that he has as a coach, but also as um, kind of an advocate for the players in whatever way he needs to. And totally. I was reading an article about Demeco Ryans, and I just want to read some of the quotes that were said about him because he is already, people are already in love with him. Kyle Shanahan says that he's been successful in everything that he's done. He is built for this juncture, added Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator. Um who alongside Shanahan, as we talked about, was on the Houston Texans coaching staff. But when Demeco Ryans was drafted with the 33rd overall pick in 2016. So Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel were on the coaching staff when Demeco Ryans was drafted. So three, these three guys have been together in some form already, which I think is pretty neat. A um, couple other quotes. Um, he's been fun for me to it's it's been fun for me to watch him in it and just for him to continue to flourish and get better each day Kyle Shanahan said I'm pumped about Demeco and I think he's going to show everyone how good he is um Fred Warner said that the passion the enthusiasm such a smart mind and he's able to really teach guys that's the biggest thing is that teaching aspect I know we're going to be firing this season i love his demeanor and what he expects of us yeah pretty cool to hear from your star linebacker yeah who's now playing for a former star linebacker we love I, 
I'm a big Demeco Ryan's fan as well. I was reading about him in the athletic and they were talking to a former Houston Texans beat reporter who was just saying like Demeco Ryan's was our guy, like our go-to guy after the game to like break down what had happened. He would have the swarm around his locker. He was just like calmly telling us was out there to the point where like, he's like a lot of the times in locker rooms, like if we're swarming one guy's locker and another player can't get to his locker, they get kind of annoyed and like kind of pushes out of the way. He's like, these guys had so much respect for Demeco Ryan's. They just kind of stand off to the side, wait for him to finish talking to us and then go change. Like he's like, that's the level of like, just like command this guy has. He will, you might be excited to hear this. He's also going to be on the sidelines. He's announced as with Robert Sala, the former 49ers defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, now head coach of the New York Jets. Incredibly well known for having incredibly fun reactions on the sidelines. But Demeco Ryans, I'm not sure it's going to be that. I've read that he's a very calm guy, very composed, doesn't really have those same emotional reactions, which, I mean, It'll be sad to not see that on the sidelines, but I don't, I don't Absolutely. have a problem with like be true to yourself. Don't go force that if that's not you, Demeco. But, but man, did I love watching those linebackers and all the defensive guys come into Robert, and he was just jumping up and down and, they, and helmets. It was awesome. They loved that guy. Yeah, I Daniel, do you see any what what changes do you see happening in the 49ers defense with the departure of, of Sala, with the promotion of Ryan's? Where do you see – how does this affect on the ground what we're going to see out there when the 49ers defense comes to play? Personally, I don't, I don't really think there's going to be many changes at all in terms of – I mean, definitely no changes in, in who we see out there. Um, we, we know who our defense is. And, and even if we see changes in the secondary, and all of this is not due to injury, obviously we'll see changes due to injury because of – football but I'm not going to predict any injuries or changes there but we're not going to see any guys take over other guys' roles because of a coaching decision I don't think I think that um it'll be more if maybe some of the younger guys that have been a backseat um they kind of take command of the starting role if anything at all but we know our we know our front seven full well especially all all back and healthy is what we know um, I think we're still waiting on to see uh, D Ford's recovery, but he wasn't necessarily always an absolute starter. And I think a lot of that was to prevent injury, but no. all that goes to say, I don't really see a ton of changes happening um, mainly just because it's been so it's been such a force already. And I think that Demeco has already loved what they've been doing and kind of the same play. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I haven't seen, Demeco Ryan's have full control and what he chooses to do with that. But I'm yeah. interested to see that. That's a good question. Yeah. I think Demeco Ryan's has talked about in his press conferences, a lot of the things that Robert Sala used to talk about dominating on the defensive line, putting players in positions to not have to think to just play was a big thing that Robert Sala used to talk about. It's a big thing that Demeco Ryan's has been talking about. Like he's like, we want our defensive line to dominate so that our secondary and our linebackers can just play the fundamentals. And I think the, the defensive line has dominated. That's what made the 49ers great on their Super Bowl run. And I think one key thing to think about with the defensive line is that defensive line coach, Chris Kokorek is still with the team. He came in, I believe, right before the 2019 season, before the 49ers Super Bowl run. He's known for a style of defense called the wide nine, like pass rushing attack. Yep. And he, yeah, when he came in, 
the 49ers defensive line had been good, but became a truly elite unit under his tutelage. And so he's still in place, which I think is a huge deal because you can have a lot of creativity, a lot of fun on defense if you have that dominant pass rushing attack. And I don't expect that to change. I'm in the minority and that I'm not a the biggest Robert Sala fan. I, I don't have any numbers to put to this, but I saw a defense that when its best players were out there was one of the best defenses in the league. And when guys went down, didn't seem to be able to scheme up ways to get around it. Maybe the injuries were too big. I'm not an X's and O's guy. I can't sit you down and say, here's what they were doing. But I feel like a great coach is able to compensate when guys go down. And maybe just too many guys went down. But that that was always my thing with Robert Sala was in 2018, we had one of the worst defenses in the league. In 2019, suddenly we had all these stars join the team and we were one of the best defenses in the league. And I just don't know if I can reconcile that. But, you know, I'm not a coach. I'm not a football guy. And everyone who is, I mean, I am a football guy, but I'm not like a football mind. Everyone who is loves Robert Sala. And so I wish him the best. I hope, I'm glad he's over in the AFC if he is as good as everybody says. But I've always just looked and been like, how can he have these horrible seasons when guys go down and then get like and take no blame and then get all the credit when things go right i don't know that that's my one thing with the guy fair um last comment from me on the coaches is that i forgot team and i were talking about this earlier i forgot who our wide receivers coach was and if any of our listeners know nice job if you can remember, man, how, how long ago was it he played? Five, tr- like truly played five, we, six years ago? Yeah, we're talking. Should, we should give the name and then we can, we can talk about Wes Welker. Legendary Wes wide receiver Welker. Wes Welker. Finished Patriot, up his career on the Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. Best known for being a Patriot. Um, yeah, one of the best slot wide receivers ever. I mean, the Julian Edelman before Julian Edelman and maybe better. Julian Edelman oh. might be better, but. But Wes Welker was one of the best, and it's great to have him on the 49ers coaching staff as our wide receivers coach. Mm-hmm. Trying to think if there's anyone else of note before we before we wrap up talking coaches. The big change, like we said, is, is Robert Sologon. That's what you're going to hear about this offseason is how is the 49ers defense going to come back from losing Robert Sala. My answer is we're going to be just fine. we got another great coach and all the talent's still there, but that that's what you're going to hear. And Mike LaFleur might be mentioned, but since he wasn't an offensive coordinator, at least not in title, the media, at least the buzz is not going to be around that. Rob Sala is what you're going to hear and how the 49ers come back from that. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Daniel, on just the coaching staff in general? No, I think we've covered just about every aspect of it. I mean, there's plenty of other coaches on it, but you know, I, th- I think that you have to be, you have to be an extreme 49ers fan to know some of the guys who have been there for, for years. Um, there's yeah, been guys like the running backs coach, um, so Robert Turner Jr. as uh, 25 years as the running backs coach. Um, so he's still there. We're excited to see that. Um, yeah, we can move on to schedule. Yeah. Sweet. All right. We're going to wrap up today predicting the final five games of the 49ers schedule. We thought we had it in nice little chunks of four, but now that we have a 17 game NFL season, we're sticking a fifth on at the end. I think we might've said we were doing that in the beginning, but we forgot, but yeah, 17 game schedule this year, uh, NFL fans, it's going to be weird. Uh, you can't go eight and eight anymore. You'd have to go eight and nine or nine and eight or eight, eight and one. So no more 500. What would Jeff Fisher do? He might have to come back to coaching just to 
to see what record he would get. I don't think I actually realized that that no team will be 500 now unless unless we see a tie. And we actually see like one tie a year. Yeah, but then to go eight eight and one that'll take some That'd be awesome some skill. That'd be so good. Um, so we have them. We have the Niners at ten and two. Ten and two, which we're not optimistic at all. But I think ten and two is very realistic. I think. It is. I'm sitting here thinking before we even get started and I'm looking at the teams, I'm sitting here going, man, I, don't, I, th- I think we might have been too biased going 10 and two, but there's just no games where I'm like, oh, yeah, like I just don't think we can do it. There's not a single game that I, I don't think we can do it. I won't be surprised if we lose one or two more than two games at this point because we're not perfect and we got some new coaches. We have some new players. You know, Trey Lance might take over at some point in the season, like we talked about earlier, and that might there might be a learning curve there. Absolutely. And that, that's a good point to make. And that is something to keep in mind is that, you know, we're not predicting a QB change at anywhere in this. So that obviously can change our predictions. But yeah, but yeah I mean, each each game is attainable. There's not a whole lot of them other than the division rival games that have me very worried other than I'd say the Packers game in week three in division rival games. Other than that, I really think the Niners should be winning them. And, and something to keep in mind. Oh, sorry. I was just, my last thought was I say that, and then we go look at the last few weeks. And I just wanted to note, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there and talk about this, but week 16, third to last game is against the Tennessee Titans. And what is important about it being week 16 is the Yeti will be out by then. And we'll have to face an end of season Derrick Henry. So we'll get into that, but go ahead and make your point. Yeah. To me. My point was going to be, I saw from Warren Sharp on Twitter a few weeks ago, the 49ers have the easiest strength of schedule in the league this season. Mm-hmm. So quite frankly, our, our picks are not like our picks are lining up with that, with an easy Absolutely. strength of schedule. And I'm with you. I think really the only challenging games are the divisional rivals and that Packers game, and I think that Titans game might be might be a challenge, which we will talk about in a little bit. But yeah, it, it really is an easy strength of schedule. So I yeah mentioned one more Trey Lance thing before we go on. That kind of makes me think Trey Lance starting this year, if we remove any injury possibility to Jimmy Garoppolo, is lower because I think we're all agreed if the 49ers are on fire, Jimmy is staying. And with yep. an easy schedule, the 49ers being on fire is not it's not unlikely. Yeah, let's let's talk schedule. So we have, speaking of easy games, we have the 49ers taking on the Bengals on December 12th, which is must be week 14. 14. Week 14. 49ers taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Starting quarterback Joe Burrow had a pretty good rookie showing after being the best college quarterback ever. Um, went down with a pretty gruesome knee injury. I think he tore his ACL and MCL in the same injury. But Burrow is ice cold. He exudes confidence. The Bengals drafted his old college wide receiver, Jamar Chase, at LSU. Um, The Bengals are a rebuilding team. They might be a good team someday. They're not going to be a good team this season. Um, I say an easy win for the 49ers. What do you think, Daniel? I agree with the win. And I would probably even agree with the easy win, but I, I think that, so the Bengals are his, not historically, but in the last five years, historically a horrible team, but I definitely want to put a little bit of respect on their name for even this season, especially 
with this offense. Sure, Jamar Chase will be a rookie. Joe Burrow will only be a sophomore, as well as T. Higgins being a sophomore. But this offense, they're building the line. They've got some key players in the offensive line now. Still needs to be better. But they've got Joe Burrow, who, again, sophomore needs more time, but I think will be great with his college wide receiver, Jamar Chase. And I think that that duo is going to be fantastic. Sure, different different scheme and different game together, but I think they'll pick up where they left off. T. Higgins, great receiver. We saw a lot of connection there. I think he'll improve. Tyler Boyd, great receiver, has done well. Yeah. You know, not not one of the stars in the league, but has done well. Having all three of those options, Joe I think Mixon that's going to be very tough. That's going to be tough to cover all three guys because, you know, I think there it's going to be one of those things where what team does it best? In my mind, it was the Cowboys did it best this last season because they had Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup. That's three threats. And so I see the Bengals having three pretty good threats and if Joe Mixon is able to stay healthy and is given the ball, Joe Mixon is great. Joe Mixon has had trouble staying healthy, and he's kind of like a David Montgomery where he needs a big volume to be great is what I've – in terms of fantasy, at least that's what I've seen. Yeah. His numbers are much better when he's given that volume, so it's not kind of – he's not kind of one of those guys where – he can make big stuff happen even with only like a 12 to 15 carries a game kind of thing. Worth noting, Joe Mixon's a good pass catcher as well. Yes. Just another threat in that passing game. Uh, tight ends. I think Drew Sample will be, will be the tight, the starting tight end. Yeah. Not crazy, but I think that offense certainly is improving. The defense definitely needs more work, but I do just want to put a little respect on that offense's name. But again, don't think that they're any team that the Niners cannot pretty easily handle. I fully agree with you. I just think they're one year away from really being a contending team. And I think for two reasons, one, I can't name a single player on their defense and the offensive line. I mean, Joe Burrow was running for his life last year. That's how his knee went down. And they do have, they had, they drafted the first round, like high tackle in the year before. And people were, a lot of people were upset. They didn't take a tackle this year instead of going chase, but in fairness, they have a tackle coming back from injury, but I don't know if that's enough. But I, I think even if regardless of whose prediction is right and how the Bengals are, the, the 49ers are winning this game, right? Yes. All right, I win. Yeah. Next up, 49ers take on the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Atlanta Falcons have a new head coach, Arthur Smith. Fun fact, he's the son of the founder of FedEx. That's cool. Um, it is cool. It's yeah, cool that... I was just expecting something football related. It's just, it's cool. It's cool that this guy was like really, really, could have been like really, really rich and like didn't have to go to like one of the more challenging professions out there in like football coaching. And instead he decided to like grind his way up as an NFL coach. That's amazing. Anyways. um, They also have a new tight end, Kyle Pitts. Um, He's going to be great. They traded away the best wide receiver they've ever had in Julio Jones. Um, Falcons might be – I think they could be an interesting team. Matt Ryan, I think, does not get the respect he deserves as a quarterback. The man won an MVP like four or five years ago, and he's still playing well. They just haven't – he hasn't had like a system that works. Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. He has done a great job. I think he can make that offense productive. But I'm kind of in the same way as the Bengals. Like they might be a good team, but they're not going to beat the 49ers if the 49ers are healthy. So I'm, I'm saying what's another really way. T- 
what's really tough about the Falcons to predict is they're not as young of a team as the Bengals. Like three years, Bengals are going to be great. I mean, I just don't understand how they wouldn't be with the the guys we just listed in that offense. Maybe they haven't bolstered the defense by then, but I mean, they should be full attack on defense in the off season for the next few years. But the Falcons, Matt Ryan is not a young dude. He is still performing well, but he's not, we're not waiting for him to develop. Like we're waiting for Joe Burrow to develop. Matt Ryan is 36, maybe 37 now. And I think it's 35, maybe 36 now, but you're right. We need to put more respect on his name. He has an MVP. The Falcons have been good at times with him. They did lose Julio. Calvin Ridley is insane, but we haven't seen Calvin play without Julio. I mean, we have in terms of injuries, but not a full season. Yeah. Russell Gage, I think will be stepping up as the number two, number two wide receiver. Love him. But Mike Davis is our starting running back. And Mike Davis was awesome for Carolina last year in Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey's absence. But I don't think we've ever seen Mike Davis been the starter from start to finish. And we've never seen a full season of Mike Davis. And they cut Todd Gurley to bring in Mike Davis. Sure, that, that was a big money decision, but I'm very skeptical of their situation with Mike Davis because we've never seen a full season with him. So the Falcons are a hard team to predict because they have veterans, but it's like, are they surrounded? How are they actually going to play, um, especially under this new head coach? And their defense still kind of stinks. So I totally agree. Yeah. I will say fantasy football players, write Mike Davis down. If you can grab him in a late round, he's at this point, it looks like he's going to be a starting running back. But yeah, I don't I don't think the Falcons are anything to worry about for the 49ers. This next game I see and I get worried. The San Francisco 49ers are taking on the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, they don't get thought of like this, but they were one of the elite offenses in the NFL last season with AJ Brown at wide receiver, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, and like you mentioned, most importantly, Derrick Henry, the Yeti at running back. Derrick Henry is the best power runner I've ever seen. No one else can do what Derrick Henry does in terms of just leveling guys running through people. You'll see defenses just be, it's like in Madden when you guess run and just every player is trying to stop the run and you still can't stop Derrick Henry. The man is real of just straight stiff arms. Yeah. He's incredible. He he's incredible. And he has been well known for like the last five to six weeks of the season being Derrick Henry season, the Yeti, when he just comes out and he dominates. And so we're playing in that zone. Titans also brought in Julio Jones, and I think it is safe to say they might have the best wide receiving duo in the NFL. A.J. Brown is, I think, a top five wide receiver at this point in his career, and he's only on his third season. Ryan Tannehill has been great. They've got a good team. They've got a, they had a bad defense last year, actually, but Mike Vrabel is the head coach is a defensive minded guy. He's going to, I don't think he's going to have a bad defense two years in a row. I think the Titans are going to be one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, I think this is going to be one of those games we remember as like a great battle. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think both offenses are good enough that even though the defenses are solid, they're not, they're not going to be able to stop them. And, I expect a good game and I think I'm going to pick the 49ers to lose. Cause I just don't think the 49ers finishing with two losses is realistic Agreed. and we're playing in Derrick Henry season. So I'm, I'm yeah. taking the Titans to win this. This is certainly the game I am probably most afraid for because it is late in the season. We have a few games that are pretty easy coming off the Seahawks in week 13 Bengals Falcons, and then boom Titans. 
And last year, last season, I made a bet with a roommate. I made a beer bet that Derrick Henry would, I think it was, it was late in the season. I don't remember which week or who they were playing, but I bet him that Derrick Henry would get at least 163 yards and two touchdowns in a game. And Derrick Henry had, did have two touchdowns and had like 212 yards. He's so good. And I mean, just, that was a, that was a bold bet to make. And I was like, wow, I already lost, but man, it was crazy. I think that this will be one of the toughest games because it's so late in the season. We're used to see, used to seeing it be the second to last game, but yet they have an extra one. Um, I think it'd be very tough. That's probably the game I'm most excited for, but most worried for as well. Uh, the Titans did lose Johnny Smith in free agency. So tight end is not as strong as it was, but man, I mean, Julio Jones is a tight end body just out on the side. And so I think that that will be insane to watch is AJ Brown and Julio Jones. Um, that duo will be crazy to watch all season and tough to watch against our Niners. Yeah. I'm, I'm predicting a shootout, but I think the 49ers take that one home. Then we have the 49ers take on, the uh, Houston Texans um, 49ers are going to win that. I don't know how much more we have to say. The Houston Texans might not win a game this year. They're in complete disarray. Um, I don't know what's happening there, but I know the 49ers are going to win that game. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I will, I will just give so much money that I don't have to someone. If the Niners lose to the Texans in week 17 of the NFL season, <laughs> They're not going to. The Texans are going to have fired their coach by then. Who like it's going to be insane. The Texans will have fired their coach by then. Have hired an interim and fired the interim by that. Probably, time. yeah. Great. Moving on. Yeah, the Texans are done. Uh, finally, week eighteen, the 49ers take on the LA Rams. Um, you know my thoughts are that the 49ers own the Rams, but this is week eighteen. A lot of times, guys are going to be sitting their starters at this point in the season. Maybe playoff positioning is not on the line. However, this is the NFC West. I'm pretty sure there is going to be some playoff seating on the line. A couple years ago, the 49ers and the Seahawks came oh. down to essentially the last game of the season of who's going to be the one seed and who's going to be the five seed in the NFL playoffs because how it works out. So yeah. I, I think, and the one seed right now is super important because there's only one buy in the NFL playoffs now in each division. I think this game is going to matter. I think these teams always go at it. I think they always play great games. And I think Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. So until I see otherwise, I will always predict the 49ers to beat the Rams. But I'm not sure I should pick that. What do you think, Daniel? I think this might be the hardest one to predict because we've never seen a week 18 in the regular season. Um, and I, I think that, man, as we talked about last um, I guess two episodes ago, maybe when might've been last episode, when we broke down the other Rams game, um, we were talking about how, I mean, the Rams are, people are saying they're favorites for the Super Bowl. maybe not number one favorites, but they're, they're high up there. Um, I think uh, that's a little bold because we haven't seen them be top dogs just yet for more than a season. Yeah. And I, I just need to see it to believe it. I know they have a great team, and I think that Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback. Jared Goff is going to be huge, but you're right. I think the Kyle Shanahan over Sean McVay has been a fun thing to watch, and my uh, Kyle has has usually prevailed. Um, but that will be the toughest game at the end of the season to have. Is that it's going to have playoff implications? It just will, unless injuries or something happens and one of the, the Niners or the Rams are just a kind of a bust of their expectations. 
that game will have playoff implications. And not to mention, I'm sure the Seahawks are going to be involved in those playoff implications. Yeah. So I think we will see a crazy end to the season in terms of standings in this in our own division. 100%. And I think just my final thoughts for that game go, um, we can discuss this take a longer time, but I think that Kyle Shanahan is actually the guy that everyone thinks Sean McVay is. And I'm pretty sure that if Kyle Shanahan had just gone into a better roster his first season as a head coach, we would not talk about Sean McVay the way we do and Kyle Shanahan the way we do. It would be Kyle Shanahan is the boy genius, the greatest mind in football, all of that. And that's been like that narrative has been closing. But I really think if Kyle Shanahan had just not had the bad luck he had his first two seasons with the 49ers, it would not be like Sean McVay would not have the buzz he has. Kyle Shanahan would have it. Yeah, I, I do love watching these guys go at it. I think they're 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 both geniuses. I don't think oh, there's yeah. denying that Sean McVay. And I, I know you're not saying that he's not, but he is an absolute genius. But I do think that Kyle do, does have a leg up on him, not in terms of roster or team. I think that Sean McVay actually has the leg up potentially with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald on him. Yeah. Come on, man. Aaron Donald could is just a is Hulk. It's quite literally Hulk. Yeah. So, yeah um. Put January 9th, 2022 on your calendars. Is National really holiday. Daniel and I are saying. Yeah. 1.25 p.m. Pacific time, January 9th, you're going to be sitting down and watching a great football game between the 49ers and the Rams. I can't wait. I'm so excited for this game. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. Long ways to go to get there. Yeah. Long ways to go. All right. Thanks for being with us, everybody, as we worked our way through the whole 49ers season. We'll be back in two weeks. And as always, thanks for tuning in to the 49ers Unrestricted Podcast. We appreciate and love you all. Thank you. Yeah.